welcome to episode six of Reboot Already Underway. Uh, today, joining me as always, we have Aaron Hahn. Hello. And we have David Becker coming back from the dead to reprise his role as the one who keeps us on track <laughs> for the podcast. I guess I'm back from the dead. You're back from cool. the dead. Hi, everyone. You're a zombie. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we have a great show for you guys today. We're going to be talking about upcoming movies, the largest slate of upcoming movies that we've ever done on the podcast. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what we've been watching. We're also going to rank the Toy Story films. But first, it's easy, I guess. But <laughs> Well, not as easy as... <laughs> Never mind. We'll get there. Anyway, uh, first, the main topic of the week, our favorite soundtracks and scores of all time. Now, when I when David actually first proposed this uh, topic, um, I think all of our minds immediately leapt to all of uh, John Williams's scores and the things he's done for films. And since we want to keep the the conversation widespread and you know give a lot of different composers uh, more exposure, because I think John. John Williams would be the only one if we <laughs> had to pick our top three. Um, so, yeah, let's just talk a little bit about John Williams and our favorite scores by him while we, uh, well, before we get into the actual list, our actual lists. My favorite memory of John Williams' score is when I plug in the, the Star Wars sound, the soundtrack or the Star Wars movie, and I usually have my volume turned up way too loud on my TV. It always... <laughs> Blast the speakers, the <laughs> like that 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 first initial note. Yeah, I mean, Star Wars Wonderful. is the obvious choice. It, it might be the best Wonderful. score ever. Like, am, am I contested on that? I mean, not, not really. I don't no, think. I mean, uh, no. It's just that's it's the best. Um, also, to take into consideration, Indiana Jones probably is second best. I'd say that's. Oh, that's more debatable. I don't know. That's more debatable, huh? Yeah. Well, well I mean, you got so many good ones to pick from. So you have Jurassic oh, Park. Of course. You have uh, Superman. Mm-hmm. You got to love the Superman theme. Uh, you have uh, E.T. is good. Mm-hmm. Harry you Potter. You got um, Harry Potter, of course. Um, Home Alone. Oh, Home Alone's a... That's that's an odd choice, for sure. Why, are you kidding me? Home Alone soundtrack's awesome. <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not saying the soundtrack's also not awesome. I'm just saying it's uh it's not the most uh the the first pick that would come to someone's mind. If no, you no. Games, you know? Well, it's definitely not in the top five, but I I would include it as one of his better ones. Um, but yeah, Jurassic Park actually is is probably the one that I don't think gets enough credit from him, even though I think a lot of people talk about that as being one of the better scores. But it's just like in the in the in the wide vastness of John Williams's uh, composing, Jurassic Park just nails it in like every single piece. I think I don't know. While while there are some in maybe Indiana Jones that are not quite as good as Star Wars, I think everything in Jurassic Park just is there, man. I don't know. That's just me though. So question: 
Did John Will- John Williams obviously did the original? Um, has he done every single Star Wars movie, including the new one, or did yeah. he only? Yes. Okay. Is every that does that one. hold? Does that hold true for Indiana Jones? Did he or did he only yep. do the original yep. trilogy? He no, did all. I saw. He just finishes every project he starts, obviously. Except yeah, for yeah, like... no, he's already uh, confirmed to be back for uh, Indiana Jones 5 and Star Wars Episode 8. Can we so... just not do Indiana Jones 5? Can no, we just... you, you have to get another not... Indiana Jones in there. No, I don't. I don't want it. Uh, hey. Get to that. Hey, get to that. If, if they can, Chris Pratt, I mean, oh, we can work with it. Especially, like, in shape Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. Good thing. Is there like, any other Chris Pratt hat. now? <laughs> like, I think that's just Chris Pratt. Well, well, maybe he'll no, get fat like, again. You know. Chris... That's true. Yeah, that's true. After Gosh. he's done with Guardians of the Galaxy, he's just like done, man. I don't need this. But yeah, but like I think we talked about this before, like how Chris Pratt should take over uh, Shia LaBeouf's role as Indeed. Indiana Jones's son, since they're not I... like rebooting the whole thing anymore. They should just go with that, you know? I okay, because Shia LaBeouf. Now remember, he's not famous anymore. <laughs> he's actually a cannibal who lives in the woods. <laughs> That's the only Shia LaBeouf video I... I don't even need it, the original Transformers anymore. I just need... No, I just need actual cannibal. Actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. Anyway, we kind of got a little off track there, but that's John Williams. I mean, obviously, if you know anything about any movie ever made, any of the Star Wars movies, any of Indiana Jones, anything, you know that he's an outstanding composer. And any most of anything he's ever done would take over this list. But we're going to talk about some of the lesser-known... Uh, some of the scores that don't get talked about as much that we still love. And David, I believe you wanted to go first. What do you have for us? Uh, yes, I'd like to go first because I believe that this mo- movie may be on your guys' list as well. I'm taking Inception. Oh, no, uh, it's not. That, no? no? Inception. It, it, it could have easily been on my oh, list yeah, because for sure. it's obviously, obviously a fantastic score. Outstanding. But I was Hans, trying Hans to avoid Zimmer that because it. I figured someone would pick it, yeah. See, that, that's why I want to go first, because I want to make sure to slide that one in under you guys' noses. Yeah, and so yes, man. That's a good, one great movie, great score. Mm-hmm. So, it's just solid all around, so that's why I had to throw it in there. Those horns. Those horns. <laughs> yeah, okay. Horns. Wah. I, well, Wah. I mean, I was going to I was going to add... I was going to ask you to imitate those horns individually, but you know, you already did it without me you asking. Already did it. It's good no, for you. You don't, you, don't need, you don't need to ask, man. But asking you shall receive. Anyway. But yeah, but I would say from like uh, Inception, I, I really like uh, Time, Time, which is that uh, piano piece they play at like the end of the movie. You know that one, David? Mm-hmm. That one, that one's always a favorite of mine. That's a really good one. Here, I'm gonna bring up soundtracks as uh, as we talk about them, kind of just met highlight pieces from the film. I would say from that soundtrack, I think Time is the highlight. Yeah. That's like the slower moving piano piece. And then uh, Dream is Collapsing, I believe is the name of a different yeah. track. And that, that's another highlight for sure. Yeah, that is a really good one. I mean, that's the thing uh, with Inception especially. I don't know that soundtrack well enough to really pick out um, songs individually. But uh, that is really good. I mean, I know the horn one and I know time because obviously those are... Two really, really great pieces. Also just fits so well for its movie. Like, just, it's good. Anyone else? Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, those, those two pieces we picked out are, like, emblematic of, like, the two 
different shades of the movie, I suppose. You know, you got yeah. time, that's like the more slow moving, uh, emotional piece. And then Dream is Collapsing is more like the heavy, you know, it's like descending through the dream layers and the whole action heavy kind of sequence thing. Right. All right. Well, Inception by Hans Zimmer. Right? Hans Zimmer. Okay. Yes. Hans Aaron. Zimmer, correct. What do you have for us? Let me guess. It's a Hans Zimmer piece because you love Hans Zimmer. It, it's actually not. I, I do have Hans Zimmer ones uh, as okay. possible choices, but I wanted to start out with one that doesn't get like any attention at all, but I'm a huge advocate for, Okay. and that is uh, the Jupiter Ascending score by uh, Michael Giacchino. All right. That's how you pronounce his it, name, huh? That's how you pronounce his name, yeah. I always it, thought it was Giacchino. I did too for the longest time, but then I uh, actually like I heard it in like an interview or something or whatever. Wait, wait repeat I, it because I'm gonna need to say it for mine. Uh, it's like uh, Ja Kino. Chikino. Okay. Yeah. It's is Italian. that is that the movie with Channing Tatum and he has the weird ears <laughs> and Mila yes. Kunis? <laughs> yes, it, it's a horrible movie. It's a atrociously <laughs> terrible movie. But the and that's what's uh, really painful about this is because the score is amazing like it's one of the best scores of uh, recent time maybe of all time i don't know but you can just tell that uh Giacchino put like so much passion into this score and it and to like see that all go to waste yes. on jupiter ascending is quite painful to watch well well tell us a little bit about it i've never heard it i've never listened to it so. well it's just i, I guess I. the best way i could describe it is it's kind of like uh it's similar to his star trek score but it's okay. kind of like Building off of what he uh, d- did there, but then like being able to like fully explore a huge range of like uh, themes and instruments and stuff because it's uh, original property, not uh, yeah. a, uh, based on anything. So okay. it's kind of it's kind of like Star Trek cranked up to ten, I guess is how I would describe it. I'm down and, for that. And really, uh, since we're doing individual tracks here, like the the soundtrack opens with a. Uh, four tracks that are like four movements they're just like jupiter ascending first movement second movement third movement fourth movement i don't think they like appear that way in the film itself like uh the tracks do but if you want a taste of the score there you go i would say like in those four tracks he gets like all the major uh motifs he uses throughout the uh entire soundtrack in there but it's just there's just like so much passion in it there's so much uh creativity and, and inventiveness from him and, you know, to see it all go to waste on Jupiter Ascending is but very Aaron, But Aaron, sad. Eddie Redmayne's in it. Everyone loves Eddie Redmayne. I can't believe he got to keep his Oscar after that performance. <laughs> you know, there should be some kind of rule, you know. <laughs> oh, that would be great if for the Oscars. If you, like, are in a movie and your performance is so bad, they're just like, no, we're taking this back. That should be a rule. And then it happens to Leonardo DiCaprio. That would be hilarious. That would be really funny. <laughs> he's like, he gets it next, like this year. He's in just this awful movie, and it's like, it's too late. You messed up. All right, so Jupiter Ascending should we watch the movie, Aaron? No, no. I found it on HBO now, though. <laughs> it like is I on should... HBO. Yes. Have you ever seen it? Me? Yeah. No, no, no. I didn't. I, I I've never seen it. it. Channing Tatum's ears thoroughly creep me out. Therefore. <laughs> Any any chance of me seeing that movie was thwarted by those creepy ears. When well, I was like, hey, you want to go see this movie? And I was like, how about we... I'd rather go see a, the movie that I saw that weekend. 
rather than see Jupiter ascending because those ears were just tripping me out. Man. And then there's like Something the about... li- there's a line in like the film. I think it was in the trailer, so you might have seen this where have, yeah. where Chain like he talks to Mila Kunis and he's like, "We can never be together. I'm like half dog." And then she's just like, "I love dogs." Yeah, no, yeah, just... I remember that. Oh, oh. worse. Okay, well, that is Jupiter ascending. All right, now it's it's my pick. Um. You know, I'm going to go with another Michael Gacchino. Another Michael Gacchino piece. <clears throat> All right. Now, Aaron, I believe this is probably a, a score that you love as well. But I don't know if you would have included it on your list. It's the Incredibles soundtrack. Oh, that is a good one. So good. So good. So good. I just, the horns and the jazziness of it, it's, it's something unlike that anyone's really... Not anyone... It's unlike anything else in any other Pixar movie, really. Um, with the exception of maybe... Um, I can't think. It's the name of the one. The name of the one. Up. No. Dolly, Ratatouille. Monster Zink. Toy Story. Monster Zink. Monster Zink. There we go. Monster Zink oh, okay. is a little more jazzy. Wow, let, let's just talk about every single Pixar movie that came out here. <laughs> oh, it'll happen. Start throwing <laughs> them out. It's only like... 17 of them i figured if i start naming them you'd get it eventually <laughs> but yeah um so i'll name a couple um oh gosh my phone just started playing because i accidentally clicked on a track uh, now we're um, gonna get like copyright infringement I know, or something I know, yeah. um so let me pick a couple pick a couple that are really good i would say the, that track you actually just was that the glory days that was a whole family of supers glory days oh, okay. is really good the glory, glory days, days is outstanding the opening track Yes, um, and then that it, the soundtrack immediately opens with those uh, blaring horns. Yeah, oh, you know it's so just cool. like so inspiring right off the bat. All right, so the end credits, of course, it's, yes. the, it's the credit song that plays. It's just upbeat, jazzy. I think it's like eight minutes long, and it's just good throughout. <laughs> and it's just like one of those things. The movie ends, you know, you see the underminer or whatever, and it's like, oh, and they all put on their mask, and it's just like bang, and it hits you with all the horns and. The jazziness of it all. And then uh, there's another really good one. What's speaking that? Of, speaking of the Underminer, let's remember how they that we saw the Underminer and we're like, yeah, we're going to get Incredibles 2 right away. Now we're going to get a really crappy video no. game. No. No. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't. I didn't think that was ever meant to be anything. The actual sequel? Yeah. Kind, like in continuity kind of thing? Right. I think it was just supposed to be like, hey, we're all working together now. Or like, family. hey... Disney is greedy for money, so we're gonna make <laughs> yeah. a video game. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, and they then were, Pixar's never gonna top with Frozone in his super suit. No, no, there's no scene no. better than that scene. It's amazing. Um, and then Life's Incredible again. That's is... the other one. Other track I was gonna say because that's the one where he's uh working out the like montage. at the train yard and everything. The montage yeah. there. It's so good. Just that whole score, and it makes you feel things, man. Like all, most Pixar scores do, most Michael Giacchino scores do, even. Just they hit you, you know. But yeah, that's that's Incredibles. I mean, most people have either seen the movie. And it's such a so memorable that you would remember it if you've heard it. So yeah, all of these are available on Spotify too. So if you have Spotify, you can listen to these. Most of them are on Apple Music, but which is weird. <laughs> Who uses <laughs> Apple Music? <laughs> Hey, when you get that three-month free trial in the uh, summer, I'm using that Apple Music. Yeah, how much you paying for Spotify? Uh, nothing. Uh, nothing. Cards. 
Yeah. Well, didn't go jokes the on you. you were thinking, did it, David? Jokes on you. You're not going to have any more gift cards. But with, <laughs> Google okay. was trying to give me like a two month free subscription to Google Unlimited. And I was like, no. No. <laughs> what, what, in, go away. <laughs> what, what is Google Unlimited? Holy it's God. like the it's same thing it's, for yeah. Google, but it sucks. Yeah. They try to. Sometimes. <laughs> That's a good joke. All right. Is it anyway, uh, one? David? David, yeah, yes. what's your next one? My next pick, okay, my next pick is a little odd, but, well, because it, it's going to be the James Bond series as a, as a whole. Because okay. each, each individual movie has, like, a different, like, main artist that sings the opening track and stuff. And, like, they have different um, people, composers who have different scores, I believe, on the movies. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the original, first of all, the original James Bond theme song. Oh, yeah, classic. It's classic. Iconic. So so that that there is just, like, amazing. And then, like, I love how in the beginning of every single James Bond movie, you always have this monster, beautiful opener of a song with all the... Unless it's Spectre, but... Or Spectre, I mean... (laughs) We were actually talking about this a little last podcast, because uh, Lacey mentioned Spectre, and we were talking about how horrible the Spectre theme was. And then that kind of got us into the best and worst of the James Bond themes. Yeah. So what would you put as your uh, the best? Yeah, David Becker. Like what? What? Uh, David Becker. <laughs> David Becker. I was reading his name on the Skype thing, so I just went with the full name. What would you call your best, David Becker? <laughs> Scolding him. Definitely not Skyfall because I'm not. What? Not no. Okay, Skyfall ready? Is the best one. Skyfall. No, I'm it's sorry. not. Yeah. Adele's completely overrated. I wouldn't put it number one, but I would put it high. That's for you don't like I, it? Adele is overrated, but I think Adele's overrated, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, Adele's singing on this track." But I'm just gonna buy. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm sorry, Adele. But like you said, you have you kind of have to judge the art in isolation yeah. from the whole fandom around it. So it doesn't really matter if they're overrated or not. If it's a good well, what's song. your number one? What's your number one? I, I like a classic Goldfinger. Okay. Oh yeah, Goldfinger's like should be that like number one for I mean, everyone's list. Like had the be- probably one of the best double seven games. It's number three as well. That's gold. I think it, that's golden eye. Oh no! Yeah, that is gold. Cool. Wow, I'm tired. There's too, many gold. There's too, There's many, too gold many gold. There's too many gold. Wild But no, gold. Yeah, gold finger. All right. Well, I'm gonna give a shout out just because I love Paul McCartney to live and let die. Live and let die. Oh, is also it's outstanding. Oh, gosh. Now, I'm going to have to go watch every single James Bob movie now. Just the opening. <laughs> Why would you watch the whole movie and just watch the opening? Do you really My want dad, to see Spectre again? Do you want to sit through no, Spectre? No one wants to sit through Spectre. What about Spectre? Die Another Day? You want to sit through that one? No, no, no one. And that one's not even worth it for the opening song because no. that one is, like, the worst. That's That would be, like, the bottom. But, but we all can agree, like, nine times out of ten, they usually... J- oh, yeah. The James Bond movies Rock usually hit it, which which is I I appreciate it a lot because like I remember when I was younger, like I, I was like yeah I can't wait to watch this movie, like James Bond movie, but we had like this ten minute opener with the credits. I was but as I grew older, I started to appreciate it you more appreciate and more. It. Yeah, and so I'm just like you know what, like give me the next song, like let's go. No, no, just do another song. Let's turn this into James Bond the musical. All right, I'm down. <laughs> wow. Oh, it, that would only work if they all had, still had their accents, and that'd be real weird. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> they just bring back every generation of uh, of James Bond. They tell a story of alternate dimensions where they all meet each other. 
for, for, forget, this, forget this live action Disney stuff. We we should yeah. really focus on the true idea. <laughs> the James, James Bond, Bond cinematic <laughs> universe. Aaron, what do you have for us? What's next on your list? Okay, uh, this is another one. This isn't a, a specific soundtrack, but they, they're like all tied together. So I guess it counts as kind of like a general category. And this is basically the same situation as uh, the Jupiter Ascending score, where it's like good scores, great scores, tied to terrible movies. And that's uh, James Newton Howard's scores for M. Night Shyamalan's films. Oh, okay. So he's done... the cheat ones. I have a cheat one, too, so I'll use that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it, it is a cheat one, but I was listening to all of them today, and I couldn't pick which one I wanted to highlight. Okay. Because I think I wanted to, I wanted to highlight underrated picks in uh, mine, or at least right. you know some underrated picks, but and I thought all of these are extremely underrated because they're all so beautiful, like uh, even even like the worst you know like the last Airbender, it's such a terrible movie. Yes. But then the score is actually like incredibly powerful and moving, like uh for like track highlights I would say uh. Uh, I believe it's called Flow Like Water. Okay. It's like, uh, it's the song that plays like at the end of the movie or near the end of the movie when Ang or Ung or however they pronounce it in the movie. They pronounce it Ang. Ang. <laughs> completely yeah, incorrectly. No. But like he's uh, doing his water bending and creating the giant tidal wave. And it's just like this really, you know, it's just kind of like, it imitates like water in the music kind of. It's just like this weird like flowing back and forth kind of feel, you know? Okay. And then it just like builds up. You got these epic drums coming in, and it's just this very powerful song. And then uh, another one that's really good is for uh, "Lady in the Water," which okay. I've talked about on this podcast yep, yep. before. One of our bad of movies of the week. But the score is also beautiful. There's this uh, track called uh, "The Healing" from the soundtrack, the healing. which is just like this really beautiful uh, piano piece. And then for uh, the village. You know, you got another great score. You got uh, The Gravel Road is the track I would highlight from that. But, like, seriously, like, every single score he's done for an M. Night Shyamalan film has been so absolutely incredible now, now, and beautiful. Now, what about The Happening? Even The Happening. I'm I'm serious. <laughs> like, that one's, I wouldn't say it's beautiful because it's more, like, horror-minded, you know, kind of right. thing. But it's still a good score. Like, okay. even The Happening, After Earth, they're all good. <laughs> Poor but... guy. <laughs> Making... Yeah, I don't know uh... how I got dragged into that but yeah. i guess he started out fine he's like oh the sixth sense this is a this is a fun one to score and then yeah. unbreakable that's another good one to score but then he couldn't get out What's soon the one after that that's uh signs signs he's like signs okay all right fine maybe not my thing next one okay nope 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 <laughs> i can't do this anymore <laughs> all right well just what, what was his name again uh james newton howard james newton howard okay so anything by him for an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah. All right. Pretty much. Well, since you guys both had cheat ones, um, I have a cheat one as well. It's the soundtrack for Lost by Michael Gacchino. Um, basically everything. Um, specific highlights to Hollywood and Vines, which is the song that... Oh, wait, the song. Yeah, that's the song. Oh, yeah, that's like their like? Jungle Truck song yeah. kind of thing. Oh, yeah. gosh, it's so good. It just gets you excited. It's like, what are they going to find? Is what's going to be in the hatch? What's going to be uh, whatever? And then yeah. probably don't the best ruin, one. Don't ruin what? Lost for our listeners, Jacob. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to ruin it. <laughs> um, another great one, Locked Out Again. So good. 
so good. I'm it's, not familiar with that one. Which one? Um, it's the piece when spoilers for the first season of Lost. Um, I think I think that's fine. I think yeah. you can handle that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a very minor spoiler. It's when it's, that's John like ten Lock. years old at the at this point, right? <laughs> at twelve, yeah. Wow, it's been so long. Um, it's the piece when John Locke is standing outside of his dad's um, house and the gate is shut and he's like yelling and like trying to get in and he's like because he stole his kidney or whatever and it's just the music that's playing it's so beautiful and so like broken at the same time like it just like... fits Locke's character so well what yeah I, I agree with you on that and I also like how you just kind of blew it off like oh yeah he stole the dad stole his kidney or whatever like you yeah. like oh that's not that big of a deal like you just got like flipping it yeah well those are those you know season one mysteries and developments yeah. where it's yeah. like yeah by the I've end of the run, you're like, three times now, so you can like, shrug them off. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, don't, then, don't get me wrong, the first season of Lost is great, oh, but, you know, oh, it's, it's, like, about, every it's a completely different Lost. show by the end. Yeah, which, we'll eventually, I think, get around to talking about Lost, but I think Lost got better as it went on. Except for season two. Season two is really bad. That's just it's not that bad. It's really Desmond. bad. Okay, Desmond, we're done. Desmond is in three episodes. <laughs> that doesn't rectify how awful it is. It's his introduction. One of my most... Huh, my favorite uh, things about Lost and their soundtrack is Drive Shaft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Buddy? yeah, of course. Um, and then the final one that I want to highlight off of the soundtrack, which was in from the beginning of the show to the very end, and it's actually the piece that plays in the very final episode, um, Life and Death. Uh, just outstanding. They play it whenever someone dies. Um, also, when someone is born, they play it. Because it's um, it's it's such a calming piece, and it's there's such a, a sadness to it that you can't really quantify. Like, you listen to it, and you can understand it because if you've seen the show, especially... You could probably listen think, to it. Yeah, I think even if you haven't seen the show, yeah. you know, it's still like a moving piano yeah. piece. But you get such a extra layer to it if you've seen all of Lost and you understand, like, what it means for the context of the show. It's just so outstanding. Like, I just, I don't know. Just Lost soundtrack is probably, outside of anything by John Williams, my favorite soundtrack ever, uh, especially season one. So I do think I I do think it's you know remarkable how well those turned out because you know like TV shows usually don't yeah. get like the greatest scores or at least don't get like they don't they attract talent but usually not the highest talent you right. know and, and I mean, because of the scheduling team. you know it's hard to always get masterful pieces every week but yeah he did it oh he really did I mean I don't I don't know if you guys agree but Michael Giacchino is like the next John Williams he's just outstanding just he's going places obviously anyway david do you have another one they would like to talk? Uh, have a little bit more time with this topic yeah yeah i going off your cheat i'm gonna right. go kind of on that same direction i'm gonna talk about the walking dead and their okay. um their music and their soundtrack because i don't know what it is about the because the Walking Dead obviously is about character development, horror, and survival. And somehow, the creators of The Walking Dead find the happiest tracks to play over. 
how how like gruesome the TV show is, and how like sad and devastating and emotionally breaking the TV show is, and they fit perfectly. Okay. I know. Jacob, I mean, I've never. Not... I've watched the first season, so I, I yeah, do but Aaron... music enough, but. But yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking Aaron, about. Like you're you're caught up with me, and like yep. just every every season, I'm I'm always interested to see what song are they gonna are they gonna play to go like with this. I I'm always intrigued by it. Yeah, I think there's there's some kind of like term for that about some kind of like uh I forget what it is, but some kind of like disconnect between uh the tone of the show and dissonance. like the tone of the music dissonance. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Mm, yes, then, I'm, I'm so, glad I yeah. can talk about dissonance. <laughs> <laughs> you know what but does yeah. dissonance really well? Bioshock. Mm, oh, outstanding, yeah. outstanding. Anyway, we're getting off topic. Don't, don't get me on Bioshock, because I <sighs> could talk about that score as well. Yeah, oh Especially, gosh. uh... So good. Well, Bioshock 1 and... Oh, and Infinite. The, uh, uh, what's his name? The piano guy. Oh, oh, um... But that, that whole yeah, mas- his masterpiece... About. Yeah, that's phenomenal. I wish I could play it on a piano, but you know. Yeah, it's really good. You you need the pressure of someone strapping dynamite to you to properly <laughs> learn that piece. Exactly. Anyway, I we got off on Bioshock. Anyway, but what's it, next? What, but uh, David, what about? Are you talking about like just like uh like the uh actual songs they use, or are you like thinking about the score as well by uh Bear McCreary? Um, I would say both. I, initially, this like the songs are, is what I first noticed. Like the like at the beginning and ends of episodes usually, because you know how they usually have like a, a one one or two songs. I those usually really hit me, but like the soundtrack is also very good. All right, like that that opening theme that that gets me pumped. Yeah, like, I, like I know that one. I know I know that one. <laughs> but like like no matter. You know what's going on in that opening scene? Like as soon as soon as like it hits that the deep song, hits. you're just like, oh yeah, My I'm pop- ready for another David, episode. David, David, give me a couple bars. G- give me a couple bars of it. Oh, oh good. Let, let me hear it. It's like, like it's got that. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it's got that, that sounded more uh, Twilight Zone esque, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Oh, I forgot to put that one in. Oh Lord, Twilight Zone. Oh, that's good stuff. How many times have I ridden the Tower of Terror? Oh, probably <laughs> too many. <laughs> probably too many. All right, uh, what do we got? What do we? What do you got for us, Aaron? Walking Dead. L- listen. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I guess this is this is one I, I I said I wanted to like highlight uh, lesser known soundtracks, but this is one I just wanted to talk about anyway because I really love it. And this is one by Hans Zimmer, and that is uh, the Interstellar soundtrack. Oh, it's so good. Mm, that one's so yes. phenomenal. Good man, I, I totally agree. Phenomenal movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, very phenomenal movie. You got got tracks that you want to highlight from that, or like um, uh, the one track I I always seem to listen on repeat is uh, Mountains, I believe it's called. Okay. And that's the scene on I guess spoilers. But uh, the water planet, you know, oh, where uh, the waves the are wave. like, so they, they're like yeah. those aren't mountains, those are waves or whatever, yeah. you know. But oh, like the, the but like uh, if you've seen the movie, you know that like on that planet, like the time dilation is causing like the the hours they spend there to be like many years back on Earth or whatever, and so like the score there has like this ticking throughout 
the uh, entire song, and then just like the the score builds around that ticking. And so I think that was just a really fantastic way of capturing like the anxiety and like urgency of their mission on that planet or yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah, that piece is really good. Also, anything I don't know the name of it, but whatever is playing whenever they blast off, you know, when they start rocketing off, and the, when the first time they leave Earth. You know what I'm saying? I don't know rocket terms, David. Don't, don't laugh at me. <laughs> the, um, the, the track is probably some super like simple, like departure. I'm looking it up on my uh, iPhone. Okay. I don't. I don't know what track you're talking about you though. Yeah. Okay. IPhone? Never mind then. Have you had iPhone for a little bit? Uh, not iPhone. iPod. It's a oh, really old okay. iPod Touch. <laughs> Still works. <laughs> thumbs up, Eggy. You can't see that. Sorry. <laughs> that was cool, bro. Cool bro. Cool bro. Cool bro. Oh, and then another one that's really good is uh No Time for Caution. And that's the one that plays during the uh docking scene where uh the uh, space station what's... is spinning out control and they have to match the uh their space shuttle yeah, up with it or whatever. And it's just like this it, really guess. heavy organ part and it's just, you know, so intense. Yeah, that is an intense scene. Yeah. Gosh, it's so good. That movie is amazing. Like mm. I picked it up for ten bucks on Blu ray. Mm. Nice. Good, I think good. I did the same. Like, whenever. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I love this movie. It's nagged. <laughs> also, right. oh. also, side point, guess what movie I just got, Aaron? And that Jacob's never seen. What movie? Yeah. Jacob, you know, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Phenomenal. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've never seen that. It's I on my list. That movie. Aaron made me a list uh, to watch of movies, 100 movies to watch. Guess what? He won't even get close, Aaron. He probably no, watched he one won't. of them. <laughs> I've been <laughs> I've been watching other things, but I I have a couple in my Netflix queue. To but yeah, I I love uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. That's like one of my favorite movies of like all time. Yeah. Like I can't uh, my, I can't watch that well. without breaking down emotionally. It's intense. <laughs> wow. Okay, you're building it up for me. Like now. I've I've never watched it with anyone else in the room because I was like I can't I can't handle other people around me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, did you, did you ever read the book? No. Neither well, it's, it's kind of like the, this weird thing where it's like the movie was so powerful for me. It's like I don't really want to experience the story in a but, different yeah. form, you know? Because like I don't know if that's going to like lessen the impact. What about the Perks of Being a Wallflower video game? What about that one? You talk about? Oh, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> Is that a video game? No. no. <laughs> oh, I was like... Yeah, you just like, you know, brutally slaughter all the... It's a Telltale characters. game. It's a it's, it's a first person shooter because all games have to be first person shooters, you know. <laughs> That's when. <laughs> anyway, so, ever since Shovel Knight game. Ever since they're Shovel like, Knight, they're like, we're never gonna beat this. Let's just be out. Anyway, all right. Well, I will end our topic of soundtracks with my final one. I have another Michael Gacchino one, but I'm going to save that for if we ever come back to this. So I'm going to go with one that I don't think gets enough credit for a movie that really doesn't get enough credit. And it's the soundtrack from The Man from Uncle. Oh, interesting. Yes, it's so good by Daniel Pemberton. What movie? The Man, the Man from, from Uncle. Uncle. It came out last year with uh, Henry Cavill and uh, Army Hammer, was it? Yeah, it was, yeah, uh, yeah, it was a guy. I, I don't remember it, and I also have never seen it. So. Well, it's like it, it so like good. bombed at the box office yeah, like, and was like instantly forgotten but it, it is actually a really good film it's yeah. like a, a spy film you know i think it was just based one on of like an old tv show yeah where like there were so many spy movies last year that it just kind of got swept away 
and uh, which is a shame because it is a good movie. Uh, but like I know what you're talking. I know this soundtrack actually. This is a good soundtrack. It is. Right? It's really good. Um, particularly two songs, um, which you have to kind of play back to back because they lead into one another. Um, the drums of war and take you down. Those are outstanding, especially within context of the movie, but outside as well. But like, I don't I don't know them by uh, individual individual okay. track. Names, well, it's the one yeah. where um they're chasing the bad guy before the boat sequence or whatever. And, you know, when he, like, goes through the water, and then Henry Cavill is, like, he, like, backs up, and then it's, like, the drums are gone, and then just goes completely silent, and it's, like, ah! <laughs> like, he just goes flying across the water. It's insanely good. The, both of those tracks are just so good. They're, they get you pumped. They're, like, I don't know, man. That's, A lot of it's, like, really funky, too. You yeah, know? It's, it's funky. Like... It's very period PC, which is nice. Is that a thing? Period PC? Sure. <laughs> We'll make it a word. Um, other great tracks. Um, his name's Napoleon Solo. It's a really good one. Um, and then there's another one that's all in Italian. I'm not going to even pretend to know how to speak Italian. So if you just go to the soundtrack and if you find the, the song that's title is completely in Italian and you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, The Man from Uncle. It's a movie that really doesn't get enough love. Um, so you should watch it. And you should also listen to the soundtrack because it's really good. Alright, is that all is that all we have for for soundtracks? I well, guess? I mean I could keep talking about soundtracks I all know. day long, but Gotta you made them. me limit myself to three and I even cheated them. on that, but you <laughs> yeah. know. You gotta tease them for the sequel episode. <laughs> um well there you have it. Are some some soundtracks that we really love and adore. Next, we will be talking about the upcoming movies of the week. They like to get the landmarks. Quite a few of them. Yes, like I said earlier, uh, most that we've had since we started this podcast, four, and then almost even five. Are we just... counting uh, the Neon Demon? Is I was just going to say, we have to potential include fifth one. Because yeah. it has a, a limited release, but it is... Yeah. A new release. But it's, it's like everywhere on social media and before every YouTube video. So obviously they're pushing it. So let's talk about that one as well a little bit. But let's start with probably the biggest release, Independence Day Resurgence, starring Liam Hemsworth and Jeff Goldblum. The sequel no one ever asked for. <laughs> and I've never even seen Independence Day. So. Oh, really? Yep, never seen it. Yeah. I have. Aaron, I'm assuming you have as well. Yeah. How do you feel about this sequel? I feel like it's the uh, you know the same thing as like Jurassic World, where it's basically the same plot over again, just with you know upgraded CGI. But I don't know. I, I'm kind of excited for it in a little, in oh, a really? little, you know, a little bit. Just you know the the one line that uh, Jeff Goldblum has <laughs> oh, in the trailer is when about. he's just like, "They like to go for the landmarks." You yeah. know, it's just I, I was <laughs> sold. I was sold. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, man, he could be in any movie and he could sell it for me. I'm I'm so glad he seems to have like some kind of resurgence. I'm yeah. gonna use that word. He yeah, ha- he's having some kind of resurgence oh, in his career. Nice. Yeah, the movie is. <laughs> Very nice. Well, he was also in in Mordecai. Don't forget. Don't forget that one. Everyone should forget most, his, Mordecai. His breakout role. <laughs> no one cared about Jeff Goldblum until that movie. Anyway. But, like, seriously, I am kind of excited for this movie. Like, I saw the trailer before uh, X-Men, I think, 
like on the big screen when I finally saw the trailer on the big screen I was like this looks really epic uh, you know it's like it's probably not gonna be a great story but Roland Emmerich knows how to direct action you know <laughs> he knows how to direct disaster films <laughs> someone needs to like check if he's okay cause he's like just like yeah. it definitely it definitely has piqued my interest I don't I don't know how much though I mean I Will Smith was in the original, and man, I love me some Will Smith, so... Yeah, but now they're uh, unceremoniously killing yeah, his character yeah. off just because he couldn't come back for the sequel. Yeah, so now I'm just like, really, guys? Like, uh, so I don't know. Now I'm what if, forward. now what if, at the very end, he comes back, and they're like, we can't take down these aliens, and then he's just like, I'm back. <laughs> I'm like, ah, Will Smith. You know, you know what? That, that I'd be, That I'd be hyped. I'd be, I can see myself in the movie theater, like, throw, throwing my popcorn, well, throwing my popcorn bucket, because, like, by the time the previews are done, my popcorn's already in my stomach, you know, I already right, right. It. So, like, I'd be throwing my bucket, be like, oh, Lord, well spent. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'll probably go see it. All right. I'll probably have my dad take me to it. I'm, I think, I think Independence Day is on HBO now. It is. So, so yeah, I would watch I'll watch that. that, and I'll probably see this new one, because, that's always one of those movies that I'm like, yeah, I've never seen Independence Day, and everyone's like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I'm sorry, I just haven't. Dude, it'll be playing on July 4th. It'll be on every single Oh, yeah, day. like 24-hour <laughs> marathon, so like every channel. You think we're joking, Jake. We're no, I know, joking. I know. It's always on TV. I <laughs> know like, that. I'm just never speak, like... Speaking of which, though, it's like, why is this movie not being released July 4th weekend? Like, I have no clue. What's, what's the logic no behind clue. this? Because everyone's up north, outside. They probably want to make a little extra money by having an extra week. And then being like, okay, now everyone's going to go see it. Just kind of have a little... Maybe, maybe. Rush. I don't Fun. think that's going to work out for them, no, though. Probably not. Oh, All right. All right. Next well, one. Independence Day Resurgence. That's that. Now, for the movie, David, I know you've been waiting for this one. The Shallows. <laughs> the Blake oh. Lively shark movie. <laughs> Goodness gracious. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh my god, Blake Lively, okay, Lively's so cute, like, she's gonna be a great actor. I'm like, okay, she's a real pretty girl, but no, that that doesn't mean she's gonna be a good actor, first of all. Second of all, like, my one friend, like, tweeted, my one friend, like, tweeted the trailer with, like, the eye emojis, and just like, oh my, like, when I first saw this trailer, she tweeted this trailer with the eye emojis, and she's like, oh my gosh, this looks so good, I need to see it. I'm like, oh, okay, like, let's see this, what she wants to watch, and I watched this trailer, and like my respect for this girl dropped because that this the trailer is awful. And as Jacob pointed out, it is a really bad trailer. And I knew as well, the entire movie is in, is in the trailer. Oh yeah, you don't need to see this movie anymore if you've seen the trailer. You know exactly what happens and when. <laughs> like, well, I feel like it's kind of like uh, comparable to uh, Gravity, you know, where it's kind of like the whole the whole movie is just centered around the same kind of you know need to escape or you know get back home or whatever. And it's like the trailers for Gravity weren't enticing at all, but then I ended up I seeing it. I don't, I don't, love I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> Kidding. Didn't Gravity win a whole bunch of awards for like camera? Yeah, it won whatever. like all the uh, technical awards at the Oscars. I th- I thought Gravity looked fine from the beginning. I was excited. For well, I mean, like in the trailers, it's like there's like. Okay, I guess that's the plot. Is she's in space? She gets lost in space, and I assume she gets home by the end of the movie. And that is all that happens in the movie. But it doesn't account for uh, the experience that it gives you of like okay. like feeling like you're in space. All right, 
Well, I'm not saying okay, this well, is necessarily no, no, no. going to have the same effect, but if, if I want to play like... advocate on this, because David and I would just tear into this movie and not let up. Hey, Aaron, if I want to feel like I'm I'm going to be in the ocean, I'm going to go drive in the ocean. I'm going to go hop in that ocean. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 a shark attack, you know. It's it's different, you know. No? It's it's you, you know. Just... No, I mean I'm not even afraid of sharks because I'm a lot more afraid of alligators and crocodiles because they are a lot more deadly in my opinion and I think an alligator would kill a shark hands down. Oh well, yeah, like like sharks aren't as deadly as Hollywood makes them out to be no. it's just, you know, Jaws was so popular <laughs> Like we gotta relive mm. this one guys <laughs> I don't know, I just think I just think it's, I don't even think it's a good how much how much um, is she gonna is she gonna talk to herself the entire time in the movie? Like, how many flashbacks are gonna be on when she's on this buoy? Maybe like, it'll be. Yeah, I get what you're saying. A, what you're saying. a 27 hours. 100. Wait, how much is it? 127. 127 hours. Is that 27 hours? hours he was in there for a day. <laughs> like, gotta cut my arm off. No. Yeah, that, that's what we <laughs> cut it. And then he didn't he like stop the bleeding with popsicle sticks. I'm just kidding. But someone told me that. I was like, I don't think uh, I don't I've think that's how the that. movie goes. I don't think that's. I saw it. I don't remember it that well though. Um, yeah, I'm I'm trying to play devil's advocate for the shallows, but you know, honestly, doesn't no. really look that appealing. Who is the director? John Colette Sarah, who has directed such such great films as <clears throat> Nonstop, Orphan. Oh gosh, my phone's <laughs> <trying to> play. <laughs> I'm sorry, but are you on Flixer right now? Yeah, yeah. Did you see that first user review? The half star rating. I didn't read it. No, what does it say? All right, half star. I'm cracking up. PC has now extended into art criticism to the degree that we must defend the sharks from unfair portrayals, and people wonder why people go haywire and vote for Trump. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. Are they being extremely PC about sharks in that movie? I don't know. Half a star. It's not a shark. It's a great white, Aaron. All right, come on. Don't don't. Sorry, I need to, I need to like stop. That. You know. Well, well, that reminds me. Like my my little sister told me today that like they're doing some research on fish recently, and they're like, oh my gosh, we found out that fish can like feel pain. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like fish is an animal. Of course you can feel pain. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> And my wow. dad, my dad. Side to a breakthrough right there. I, I, that's what I'm like. That's what I'm thinking. My dad's like, well. Are you kidding me? Now we're gonna have all the like these fish movements now. It's gonna be like stupid. People are gonna be like, "Fish lives matter." I'm like, "No." Did, you, sure did your dad not. write this review? Is this your dad's review? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Becker, did you write the review for the Shallows? Happy Father's Day, Mr. Becker. Happy Father's Day. Recording this on Father's Day. All right, next movie, Free State of Jones. Have you guys seen previews for this at all? Have yes. Not. Okay. What are your thoughts on it? Because I think it looks kind of good, if I'm being I, honest. It looks, I don't know, it looks okay. I guess it just feels like it's definitely going to be a more uh, action-oriented film. Right. You know, as opposed to, like, actually, like, any in-depth look at, like, the, you know, the uh, psychological trauma of slavery or, like, any kind of thing on real deep into, like, race relations or whatever. But right. it's just going to be just kind of like this more like war movie kind of thing so Which, i don't know i don't mind have we even ever have we even ever have we even had like a good war movie recently 
Like, not really, now that I think about it. Because like, there are the good ones, like Saving Private Ryan, of course, and Black Hawk Down. And... I've, I've never seen either of those. You haven't? No. They're good films. They are. Um, but there just haven't been, like, any really, really well, great. Well, uh, Christopher Nolan's next movie is uh, Dunkirk. So oh, okay. maybe that will break the trend. Maybe. Maybe. Unless, unless this one does. I don't know. Maybe this one will be good. If you maybe. if we count it as a war movie. I'm just judging by the uh, previews. Yeah, by the previews, it action. does look more like a... A war film. But, um, yep, starring Matthew McConaughey and Carrie Russell. Um, I, I, I like Matthew McConaughey. I do, too. I really like Matthew McConaughey. I mean, well, yeah, right, like ever right, since, right. Ever me, since his uh, career resurgence. Yeah. I'm using that phrase again. But, like, <laughs> gotta, uh, go. <laughs> gotta go with the resurgence. But, like, he had, he had like, the one-two punch of, like, True Detective and Interstellar. And then, you know, it's like suddenly he's, like, a, re- a really great actor, in my opinion. Yeah, he's great. He's outstanding. All right. Well, that is uh, Free State of Jones. Don't really have much to say about it. Hopefully it's good. Now, before we end on the movie that I think Aaron and I are both excited to talk about, uh, let's go to the Neon Demon. Let's talk about that one for a minute. Um, I'm kind of excited for the Neon Demon as well. I am too, but the next ones. The next one, yes. (laughs) Um, So the Neon Demon stars uh, Elle Fanning Fanning and Jenna Malone. Um, Yeah. It's before, if you've Watched a YouTube video in the past week. It's you've seen a preview for this. It's all. Have I? I don't media. think so. I might have seen it once. What's it supposed to be about? Like I'm kind of looking. At... Honestly, I don't. Don't even really know. It's just kind of like they're models, I guess. Yeah. And it's like this really weird, like neon lights with horror and weird mix or whatever. I don't Here, know. Let me let me read the I don't know how to summary, describe it. The movie info on Keena Re- Reeves is in it. They know that. Oh, I guess so. Is he? Yeah. Yep. Matrix dude. Yeah. Yep, Matrix dude. Because, you know, I sound super educated on movies now. Who's in it? Oh, Matrix dude. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Um, so here's the movie info, the summary. When, arri- when a- arriving... Gosh, I cannot read today. When aspiring model Jessie moves to Los Angeles, her youth and vitality are devoured by a group of beauty-obsessed women who will take any means necessary to get what she has. So it's a horror film. Um, it sounds like it's going to try and have some sort of moral to the story about beauty, whether it actually accomplishes that. Right, it's getting a now, mixed now response I'm, right now. Now, yes. now I'm excited, Jacob. Now I'm excited. Now with the moral. <laughs> you're, so. you're excited for the moral <laughs> of the story. But I don't know. Like it's uh, the, it's directed by the guy who did uh, Drive, Drive, yeah, which I really enjoyed. But I've also heard that. The rest of his uh, filmography is like more uh, mixed results. Like some people yeah. like it, some people really hate it. So I don't know. I've never seen any of his other films beyond uh, Drive. So I don't know. This one looks appealing to me. I suppose. Yeah, I agree. I like I like the cast. I like the uh, you know aesthetic, the whole visual design. Yeah, whatever. very visually. Like... Is it? You said it's only certain uh, openings. Is it going to open for us, Jake? I have no clue. I believe it's only going to be in like, it's only going to be like a thousand theaters, I believe is what it's getting in, which is like uh, a third of what a movie usually opens at. Like wide releases are usually like 3000 plus. This is like 1000 plus. So I don't know if it's going to be around me. Well, all right, we'll see. All right. Now for the main attraction, the 
<laughs> strangest movie I have ever seen. A trailer One of my most anticipated movies right it's now. Not insane. not even joking. Not even well, joking. then you want to explain it for him. This movie is Swiss Army Man. I don't know if I can explain um, Swiss Army, starring Man. Paul Dano and uh, Swiss Army Daniel Man. Radcliffe. Yes, yeah, Swiss yeah. Army Man. David, and, have you never heard of this? And Mary I'm Elizabeth Winstead. What? Mary Elizabeth Winstead is in as well. No idea. Aaron, try try your best to describe this film for for David. I guess the best way I could describe it is like it's like apparently this guy is like stuck all alone on an island and yes. he's very depressed because he can't get back home or whatever. But then one day this corpse washes up on the beach. The corpse is played by uh, Daniel Radcliffe. And then the man on discovers that this corpse has magical properties that basically <laughs> allow him to act like as all the tools that this man needs for his survival, being a Swiss army man or whatever. Yeah. And, and like the corpse can talk and everything. And then <laughs> I don't, it's, you need to just watch the trailer because it's just like the most insane looking premise yeah, I've seen in a while. This is, there's, this a, there's a red band trailer as well. Yes, watch the red band yes, trailer. That's one you, you need, need the full experience. Is it, so is it, is it supposed to be a comedy? It's a yeah. comedy, yeah. Um, it's directed by Daniel Scheinhart and Daniel Kwan, who I, I believe they just go by like Daniels. Yeah, the Daniels. They they directed uh, music videos, correct? Uh, I'm not sure. That's what I... Yeah, I remember. Oh, here we go. Uh, responsible for the Turn Down for What music video. Oh, goodness. Wow. <laughs> I know! One of the best that, music videos. That music video really <laughs> moves me, man. So imagine that, but, but movie length with length, Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> playing a farting corpse. You know... I'm gonna have to go look up this trailer. Yeah, you do. And as you soon do. As it's on the podcast, okay, watch it instantly. Um, just, I just don't know where, what to do. It looks like it's. It will be interesting. I'm excited to see it. Um, it definitely looks full release. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. All I think right. last time I checked, it was only getting uh, limited, but that might have moved up since then because I feel like there is a lot of hype around it. Yeah. Uh, like on the internet, because well, the you know, like song is like another one of those things that's before like every YouTube video. Oh no, it's just limited release still. Okay, well, now I was just looking through the film, not the film summary, the movie info on Flickster. Let me read just the final sentence in the in the movie info. A celebration of all the wonders cinema has to offer. Swiss Army Man is a cultural phenomenon in the making. <laughs> A surreal and wholly original examination of human vulnerability and connection that must be experienced. They, I, I don't know if they're being serious or. I don't know. I, I'm telling you though, like I'm unironically excited no, for this too. film. Me too. It looks like really it, good. it. It just it, looks really hilarious and you know really unique and creative. It's so. also listed under drama for genre. So <laughs> whatever you want, guys. <clears throat> All right, so that's Swiss Army, man. Uh, probably go see it because it's probably hopefully it will uh, open in theaters near us. Hopefully, I'm excited. Anyway, now we are moving on to the next topic: the tried and true. What have we been watching this week? Who would like to go first? Who just 
a couple old men in from Dallas, and well, <laughs> we're itching like a hound to give you a something you want. We're dead! We're dead! We're dead! Stop it! Five family! They're out there somewhere. I have to find them. Uh, I can go. Aaron, do you want to go? What What have you been watching? Watch Watch uh, Fantastic Four again. I did not watch Fantastic Four again. Actually, this was a very, very light week for me because I ended up like doing a lot more uh, reading and uh, playing video games this week than oh. usual. Oh, well, what'd so. you play? This that's rare that you play video games. So, like, what did you? Oh, play? well, I've been playing my 2DS. So they had uh, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam on oh, sale okay. on the e store. So I bought that, and that's really fun. All right. So what have you been watching, though? <laughs> but then watching, I really haven't watched a lot. I suppose I watched uh, Paper Towns again oh, okay. a couple of days ago with uh, my family. My family hadn't seen it before, mm. and it was on HBO. What is so, your, uh, how do you feel about that one? I still really like it. Me too, you know, me too. I, I realized when watching that that, that could have almost been a pick for uh, last week when we were talking about uh, movies that critics hated that we like because, you know, it got like a... Uh, Mixed receptions or whatever. Yeah. But I don't know. I really like it. I really like John Green just in general. His writing and his books are, uh, they're really good. Um, Paper Towns is one of my favorite books that I've ever read. I don't know why. It affected me so, though. <laughs> um, the movie, not so much. The And they took some liberties, I think, with the story that were a little strange. But My little sister really wanted me to take her to that movie. It's good. I didn't. It's good. <laughs> have you seen it, though? Like, have you never nope. seen it? I've never seen the trailer, because she's like, David, take me to this. Take me to this. Mom won't let me go, so you got to take me. I was like, uh, uh, okay. And she never did. David, you'd love it. They sing the Pokemon theme song. They do, actually. Unironically. They legitimately <laughs> sing the Pokemon theme song. I want to be Exactly. You need That's, to see it just for that. I, I should have just been like opening theme song for our, that should be our next week opening theme song to, to TV, <laughs> to TV shows. shows. We could we could do that. There are a lot of good. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Lost has the best one of all time. Yeah, this is theme song. Oh, that, that yeah. creaking yep. noise that just <laughs> literally goes on for thirty seconds. Anyway, uh, what else, Aaron? What else have you been watching? Uh, beyond that, I've been watching, of course, uh, more Always Sunny in Philadelphia. What season are you on? I'm I'm halfway through season nine now. Wow! So I'm approaching Holy the end. <laughs> All right. So what's the what is the last episode you watched? Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm not sure about the last episode, but before we even get into that, there's the one the episode last, I watched. The last memory. I wanted to highlight one of the episodes that I really loved from this season, and that... Uh, is uh, the gang desperately tries to win an award? Yes, that one. I that one was just fantastic, in my opinion. Oh, that one of my is probably one of my top ten of the whole show. Yeah, because oh, it's so... just it's so meta, and I, I love meta commentary. Believe you know? me, the whole once you get to like season ten, a lot of season eleven is super meta because they realize there's just like not very many stories to be told with these characters anymore. So they like tell stories about their own lives with the characters. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, yeah, the, just like the whole like trashing, you know, multi-camera sitcoms with their yeah. laugh tracks, and then just you know their attempts to imitate it, but then breaking down <laughs> to the always sunny style. Will this isn't will they or won't they? This is they won't, and I don't want them to. <laughs> so good. 
Love and then show. um Charlie's song, his theme song for the Oh yeah. <laughs> Both of them just <laughs> Both of them are really good, yeah. Um now what did you think about the episode The Gang Gets Analyzed? Cuz that's one oh, of my That's another that's another one of my favorites. You yeah. know, I just love how it's like a, a breakdown <laughs> of the whole group dynamic <laughs> or whatever. Best part so Dennis walks in with the with the therapist. So he's like, "Hmm, a pen." That neck started chewing on this when he walked in, didn't she? <laughs> and she was like, "What?" <laughs> he's got the whole yeah. And then the game gets it's, analyzed. It's a really good one, especially because they all get extremely wacky. Like when they're not with each other, they like have time to talk, and you're like, "These people are insane." But it kind of—I don't think this is a reference you guys would get, or at least you're not this far in the show. I think you've watched some of it. But uh, it reminded me of the Community episode, uh, Remedial Chaos Theory, which is in uh, Season 3. And basically, the the same kind of thing, but, like, it's it, basically the plot was, like, uh, they ordered a pizza, and they couldn't decide who uh, would go down to get <laughs> oh, it. Oh, no, I've seen guests so, with that. <laughs> yeah, so they roll a die to uh, see who would go down, and the episode shows, like, seven alternate universes of what happens when each individual member of the group goes down to collect the pizza. And, like, some of them just get, like, insanely disastrous or whatever. And it just, it reminded me of that, the way it, like, kind of, like, deconstructed the roles of each of the members in this group. Like, wait, how they wait, 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 how they wait, wait, act wait. apart from one another. What, what, Dan? Real question. You said that, okay, you said that you, they rolled a die. Oh, seven alternate universes? And Is that what you were asking die, about? Die usually has six. Why yeah. are seven universes? There's seven members of the group. And so then, was it a seven-sided die, or? No, it was a six-sided die, but then, like, I guess, somewhat spoilers, at the end of the episode, there's an added universe where uh, one of the characters catches the die before it landed, and is basically, you know, like, calling out, uh, the main guy, Jeff, if we're, like, putting up a system where no matter what the side the die landed on, he would never have to go get the pizza because he was in the seventh chair or whatever when they were counting. Uh, yeah, I'm excited it. to get that far on the show because I'm I'm still, like, I stopped for a little while because I'm like, eh, it's it's okay, but it's not super. Right, I'm telling you, you guys, you guys stick all the way to uh, the end of season one is when it starts getting really insane and doing... Plots like that, where they're looking into alternate universes and other okay. crazy things. Good, good. Anyway, anything else? Uh, or, David? Just more Always Sunny. Just yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, and uh, the last episode I watched was uh, Mac Day. Oh, God, oh, I love that one. Project Best. Okay, so my, that has my favorite quote from any Always Sunny episode ever. Where, um... Where Mac is, like, gonna pretend to jump off the bridge or whatever... And they're all standing in front of the camera. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, that guy's gonna jump. And then Frank's like, suicide is bad. <laughs> and they're like, no, 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 Frank. Like, we don't scene, know each though, other. It's like, yeah, we don't know each other. I know it's me. That episode is outstanding. The whole show is that, outstanding. That's not... Does Mac's cousin come in that episode or not? Yeah, that's the one. Because that, then, then he gets Mac. country, Mac, and then he's gay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's basically just Mac, but if Mac embraced who he was instead. Of, uh, anyway, we went off on an always sunny tangent, but uh, what about what about anything else? I'm done. I'm done. Okay, I, I David, what have you been watching? Um, a couple episodes of Breaking Bad. Okay, oh, nice. how are you liking it? Um. I, I like it. It's, it's starting to pick up. Uh, the main... I don't know what to call him, I guess, now. But Gustavo, like the character oh, yeah, Gustavo. Yeah. 
he Gus, I'm really starting to like enjoy his character, like because he's really like developed, and I, I really think he's just like really. Real. I'm just gonna keep saying really a lot because I'm, no, I'm like, struggling. I, I get it. He's like a really intense, really intimidating villain, and he's just but, has but, like what? Well, yeah, but he comes off as like innocent at the same time, which is weird. Right. That's like, what I was just gonna he say. He just owns the chicken shop. Yeah, he know. like he like has that whole like demeanor in public where he's just you know like this friendly you know fried chicken store. Uh, you know, fried chicken restaurant, just like manager, and then you know, like he's has this hidden badass behind him the entire time, and it's just a really awesome character. Watch the show, Lacey. Come on. I will. I will. I'm. I'm. We'll get to it when I'm. Uh, when it's my turn, David. What else have you been watching? Anything else? I. I also. Saw oh, this. you saw a movie today. <laughs> I saw a movie today. I saw Central Intelligence. Oh. Oh. Because that's what my dad wanted to go see for Father's Day. And, you know, I was interested. My mom, when my mom starts, my I, the entire family went. And when my mom starts to laugh, it's not like a little giggle. It's like a full-out, like, screaming, like, in the movie theater laugh. So she was like, oh, and like, I could be like, hey, mom, like, there's a pickle. And she could laugh. She, she just cracks up easy. So she was dying this entire, entire movie. All right. Well, what do you, what'd you movie think? Movie was it was all right. It, it had its moments, but Dwayne the Rock Johnson played a really really weird character, as in like, like when I because he's obviously he's being funny, but like it's just weird because he's he, his character is like a dork, quote unquote, but like yeah. he carries that dork throughout. So when he obviously grows up and becomes the rock and all like monstrous, but like he's still like a super dork and like does just like weird things and I'm just like this isn't the rock. Like I've seen the rock in comedy roles, but it's just it's just obviously a weird thing. I don't know. A, I just a weird role like, for him. Like yeah, he's part. usually just yeah. He's Hobbs and, and then like, I, Fast and Furious and like most of his movies. And then. I, I didn't like I didn't like one of the ending scenes in the movie because I just thought. Well, it was don't spoil it, and just in case. I well, I, that's why. That's why I said. That's why okay, I said. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, wait, um, wait. Before we move Dan, on, though, David, yeah, David, I have a question for you. I saw this question on yes. Twitter, and it was very fascinating for me. Who do you think would win in a fight between CGI Fat Robbie from Central Intelligence <laughs> and CGI Scorpion King from The Mummy Returns? <laughs> Which which CGI version of The Rock would win in a fight? <laughs> Probably. Fat... I'm gonna go with Fat Robbie because he has killer dance he has killer dance moves in the movie, so I feel like he could like dance his way through all and dodge and like attack. That's so I'm going with Fat Robbie. Fat oh, Robbie. All right. I love oh, that hypothetical but so much. What it, one of my favorite things about the movie is that um, Jesse from Breaking Bad. Is also in it. Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul. Love that guy. Aaron Paul, thank you. And I didn't know his name. But, um, Aaron, you know how, like, and one of the best things about Breaking Bad is when Jesse says, bitch. Yes. Could you agree? And yeah. he says it, and he says it in this movie. And I'm just like, man, I, I, I love Jesse. <laughs> completely took me completely out of the movie. But that's my favorite part about the, one of my favorite now, parts about the movie. David. <laughs> yes. You've not even seen Aaron Paul's best role. Because his best role is as Todd 
in BoJack Horseman. Oh, yeah. Aaron and I will defend BoJack Horseman till the day we die. You gotta watch Bo- BoJack Horseman. It's Where can I find BoJack Netflix. Horseman? Netflix. Is it on Yeah, Netflix? it's, a, it's a Netflix original. Season 3 is coming soon. Oh, it's so good, oh. David. You just gotta get past the first, like, three or four episodes, and then it's outstanding. Probably wow. their best show. I mean... Netflix's best show. Besides Fuller House, of course. Fuller House. <laughs> and that's about all. All right, Breaking Bad and Central Intelligence. Yeah, I didn't watch any basketball. Oh, I've been watching, like, some soccer, because the European Cup's on <laughs> right now. All right. And the, the Copa Gold, whatever, but... That kind of counts. No, I'll count it. Um, anything else? That's all? Just soccer? What about rugby? I watched some rugby the other night. <laughs> rugby is just a weird sport. I actually did, which is the sad part. Um, anyway. Let's, uh, we'll move on to the things that I watched this week, because I watched another movie that came out this week. Aaron, Aaron, David saw Central Intelligence. I saw Finding Dory. Which I really want to see. I did too. All right, now let's move on from but, that one. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't spoil anything, obviously. No, I can't spoil it. I, but I really just don't even have anything to say about it at all, if I'm being honest. Other well, I thought you, told you had, like, a... You didn't see what all the hype was about. Or well, whatever. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. And so I'm, like, caught in this middle where it's just like... Where it's like, it's one of those movies that if you're not on the love it side, if you're in the middle and you're like, oh, that was a fine movie, people are going to like jump down your throat and be like, what is wrong with you? Kind of like The Lion King. Lion King sucks, though. Um, I'm just going to bring it up every episode. No. We're, not, we're not getting oh. on that tangent again. <laughs> um, but the thing with Finding Dory is it's the same problem, I think, with most children's films nowadays. Where, like, they just don't give you any time to slow down. Like, literally. So, the very opening of the movie I really love. That's a, It's a great opening. It It's promising for the rest of the movie. But the whole other part of the first act is way too rushed. They don't slow down for anything. And it's just... The, the dialogue is quick and not all that witty. And it doesn't make you really feel anything. And it's like, oh, this isn't all that great for a Pixar movie. But then you get to the second act, which is really good, and because they actually take the time to slow down and think about really kind of heavy issues, even for a Pixar movie. And the voice acting is really good by Ellen. It always it made me wonder why is Ellen not in more movies, honestly, because she just has that that charisma to her that's really nice. But you also have Ed O'Neill um, as the octopus guy. Um, D from Always Sunny, Kaylin Wilson as a whale, and uh, Ty Burrell from Modern Family. She should have. She should have been a bird. I know she should have been, been, been a bird. Um, but it's the thing. All the performances are really good. Besides maybe Marlon, the guy who plays Marlon, just he's he really? just kind of seems like he's there to be there. <laughs> so it's like I don't know. Um, and then, well, yeah, so Act 2 is fine. And then Act 3 does the same thing that Act 1 does, where it just, nope, let's just get this movie done. It's like, no, stop it. Ugh. Yeah, exactly like that. Um, I don't know. I, I, I did like it. I laughed quite a bit, teared up a little bit even, because the times when it does take itself seriously, it's really good. It just doesn't take itself seriously nearly 
enough, which is a problem. But judging by the review scores and just reviews in general, I am in the minority on that. So, well, one of the one of the cool things I thought is that because in the in the trailer, um, there's there's a lot of hype or hype and um, anger because supposedly Pixar put a lesbian couple. That's not even thing. Well, yeah, well, if I'm gonna let me finish. Oh, Jacob. sorry. Oh, did they get them to take it out? Because that will make me a little upset. Well, so yeah, so people are like freaking out because they saw two girls pushing a stroller. And so everyone, someone was like, oh my gosh, they're lesbians. Oh. And everyone freaked out about it, right? And then, so like they interviewed Ellen about it. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, they're just two girls like pushing a stroller, like probably friends. Like, and then she goes, but you know what? I'm sure if you watch the movie, if you, you should go see the movie again. And like, again, and I bet you that there may be a lesbian couple. Like, just go see the movie again and like watch it like super deep. And again, but she, cause she's like basically like, hey, go see my movie, but yeah. she's playing it off as all. And I, I was cracking up. I was like, Ellen, you're an idiot. Um, but yeah, like, you know what? <laughs> no, that's a pretty awesome response. Yeah. I, I don't see. Uh, I don't want to get into it, I guess. I don't even I see like why they were just an uproar about. Literally, the human characters who aren't in it for more than two minutes at the very yeah. most. So I was like, I, I thought it was a stupid, like, I, I, people are looking for things to complain about, I feel it's like. It's the internet, David. Everyone's always looking for something to get upset <laughs> I have an opinion. Where, where should I put it? <laughs> internet. The internet comes down and that's the clouds. <laughs> oh, anyway, that's Finding Dory. <laughs> Uh, it's a Pixar movie. It's definitely a good one. Anyway, also I've been watching Game of Thrones, of course. And oh my god, Game of Thrones is amazing. <laughs> it's like I got through the first three episodes, we talked about it last week. I'm like, oh, this is I don't know. I like it a lot, but I don't know. And I'm just I'm I'm just deep in it now. I'm on episode seven of season one, so I'm not even into like the thick of it yet. Mm-hmm. But just the things that have been happening are just God, just, how can they, uh, like, this is no spoilers, I'm not going to say who this happens to, but they melt down gold and pour it over a guy, and he dies, like, he's, the screams are so real, it's like, this is so uncomfortable to watch, but it's so good at the same time. Literally in that show, they can just be sitting there talking about, I don't even know what they were talking about, one of these scenes but i'm just like this is so interesting to me it's when the queen and the king are talking about their relationship or whatever and i'm like this is interesting to me and i don't know why i like don't know these characters all that well and i'm like oh. i don't but know i told you like that was part of you know the appeal of the show it's like even like you said like even if you had like had most of it spoiled for you you know i said it was still worth watching yeah. so. character relationships yeah for sure it's really good and Tyrion lannister is the best part of that whole show just Oh, gosh. Oh, it's so good. If you haven't watched Game of Thrones, you probably should, because it's awesome. Even tonight, though, man, before we did the podcast, so many spoilers, I'm like, uh... Oh, don't, don't, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. No, it was just spoilers about, with names. I'm like, well, they're still alive, I guess, so there's no oh, right. for them Cause, anymore. Because yeah, uh, Lacey was texting me today, trying to figure out the names of, like, half the characters, and I was yeah. like... I don't I don't remember these people. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, see, I don't know. I've been pretty... Because whenever I see something on Game of Thrones, like, I always kind of just scroll through it. Because, like, 
initially like i didn't know what it was like when it first came out so i was like oh i don't know i don't worry about it so like yeah. i've like trained myself to not look at any spoilers so like when i do eventually watch it i'll be able just to i which i don't know how like i made it i watched all of lost without being spoiled i usually because i have i usually like freak out like if someone tries it's to like guys hit past a little bit at that point True, but like just other things in general as well. Yeah. Like if someone's like, "Hey, did you see?" Uh, I'll be like, and I'll freak out on them. So <laughs> maybe that's it. Well, the thing with Game of Thrones is, I I had seen a bunch of spoilers on the internet beforehand, but th- those names mean nothing to me. I will never remember those names. Those aren't normal names. So like, I don't know. One of the best things ever was I was watching The Walking Dead. And my roommate tweeted like, "LOL, just watch watching this for the first time, and, and this dude dies. What? Like, cause like so he, he so someone died in the show, and he tweets mm-hmm. it, and it was like the opening, like the the night that it premiered, and he's a pretty major character. And people like like text him. Like, I think I know who you're talking about, cause I remember people, everyone freaking out on Twitter about it. Yeah." <laughs> People, yeah, so I don't want to spoil anything. Well, no, you, just in but, case, I'm not talking about the same person. Yeah. But yeah, so but he got like six text messages of like, like, are you kidding, TK? Like, <laughs> oh, TK. You never, <laughs> you've never seen the show and you tweet that? I haven't watched it. Like, I was, I was cracking up. I was like, wow, TK, you really just like ruined like 10 people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> like, just imagine that. Like, oh, I'm ne- like, he literally goes, I've never seen this mo- the show, but guess what happens? I was like, wow, man. Um, alright, so after that, just a quick runoff, because we kind of talked about them already. Incredibles, I watched, love Incredibles, so outstanding. Oh, well, this is one, Raiders of the Lost Ark, saw it in theaters, one of my bucket list items crossed off. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, ever since I saw it when I was, like, seven, I'm like, I need to see this movie in theaters at some point in my life. And oh my god. I think we should talk about the real thing. Uh, what what's on your bucket list, Jacob? Because that my was bucket list. What, it's what, so that boring. Was it's, it's like <laughs> see this movie in theaters. Like, um, Aaron, do you have a little more interesting bucket list, Aaron? Not particularly. No, I don't know. I can't. I can't come up with it. I didn't make one. So. Well, I don't. I, don't, I, I don't have like a list of stuff. But I'm well, like, yeah, I didn't something I obviously want to like... do before I die. So I'm like, well, that's obviously my bucket list. And um. Why did you have something, David? Yeah, what's what's your bucket list? <laughs> How dare you insult my my demands? <laughs> um, but yeah, Rage of the Lost Ark, man. See I, Childish Gambino alive. Ch- Childish Gambino is in the new Spider-Man movie. No, I nope. can't see him live performing. No, no, I know that, but I'm saying. Oh yes, did I already tell you that. I might have. Yes, already... you did. Okay, never. I, I freaked out. I was like, oh, he's gonna be the Black Spider-Man. I was like, huh, just kidding. No, he's in it though. He's um, in it. Speaking of Spider Man, how do you feel about how do you feel about the new PlayStation exclusive Spider Man? Oh, lost my mind. Spider-Man? Lost my mind. Lost. Like, David, you do not understand. I lost my mind. Like yes, as soon as the voiceover starts, I'm like, this is Spider Man. This is this is Spider Man. And it's like, I'm just a kid from like the from Queens. Queens. I'm like, oh, and I was God. like, it's <laughs> I'm really Somniac. Oh. If they do it well. Oh yeah, it should be good. Um, anyway, back to Rangers of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Went off on a huge tangent there. Probably the closest thing to like what I would consider a perfect movie, if I'm being honest. There's exactly. literally no I have no complaints with that movie. Except for one tiny one, Marion's acting. 
not so great every now and then. <laughs> but other than that. That's nitpicking. It is. It is. Just, it's so... Ah, oh, God. And I didn't realize until just now, and I've seen this movie probably like 30 times in my life, that Lawrence Kasdan wrote, wrote the screenplay. And I'm like, that makes so much sense now. He wrote the best Star Wars movie, and now he's writing the new best Star Wars movies because it's better than Episode Six, Aaron. We don't need to get into that again. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark is just outstanding. Just things that I didn't even recognize until watching it this time which is probably sad it probably just means i'm an idiot but um just the setup of marion's character the whole scene with her in the bar uh like when she's in the the drink the drinking yeah. competition and you know when i was younger and even just since when i recently watched it probably like a year ago now i'm just like oh that's a fun scene it like sets up her character but like why does that need to be in there and then you realize it comes back later when she's in the um in the tent with Belloc, and, you know, she's pretending to be drunk or whatever, and she's really not all that drunk. She can hold her liquor, and I set that up. I'm like, how did I never notice that until just now? It's just like, that movie just keeps on giving, man. Oh, I love it. PG. PG. <laughs> it's a PG movie where the main character brutally murders people <laughs> and smiles about it. <laughs> That's like the classic PG, like the major pain and, like, the great outdoors, like those oh, yeah. little comedies. Yes. Mm. Anyway, uh, that's that's all I've been watching this week. That was just uh, on the side. Anyway, now we will move on to the ranking segment. This week, guys, we're ranking the Toy Story movies. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. Now I don't know how easy of a ranking this is for you guys. Very easy. Very easy. Well, then, would you like to go first? I suppose. All right. So it's, uh, three, two, one. No, not true. <laughs> We're close. We're close. David, what are you doing? What, what, where are you at on this? Well, technically, I can't give, like, my full opinion, because the fourth is coming out, which oh, we yes. never asked for. <laughs> of course. Anyway, <laughs> what is your, what is your order? What's your ranking? Uh, I don't know whether to put the third or the first one first. That's that's where I'm at. I mean, three is first for me. So my order is three, one, two. And I don't know if it's just because in number a... two, when she loved me, whenever that song comes on, I, like, <laughs> lose my mind and just start bawling because it's so <laughs> emotional. I'm just like, I can't watch this movie with anyone ever. Toy Story 3 is the same way at the very end. Like, when he's playing with his toys, I'm getting teared up just talking about it. But then, how, how can you say that and then put two last? No, I'm just, I don't know. Toy Story 3 gave us Mexican buzz, too. I mean, that was a, that was a diamond in the rough, so I'll take, um, I'll definitely put, I, I I'll take really three first. One. I love number two, but I love number one, mostly just because I think, maybe because. That's well, two added, two added new characters. Well, like said a lot. I don't like like Sid, because Sid's a you know, an awful kid. <laughs> and then, <laughs> you know, Toy Story 2 never gave us the scene where um, Sid's little sister takes Buzz and, you know, he's like, what's the name? I can't even remember the name that he, like, pretends, like, he thinks he is or whatever. Because he has the apron on and the little hat or whatever. 
Never mind. No one knows <laughs> what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. It reminds me of Miss Bo Peep. Miss Bo yeah. Peep's apron. Bo Peep isn't even in number three, so I mean. She's going to be in number four, though. Are That's you like the whole point of the film. I don't well, want them to ruin it, man. I just don't want them to ruin it. Ugh. Anyway, let's let's not get on to Toy Story 4. David, what is your... Is, t- is Tim Allen going to be in Toy Story 4? Yeah, they're both back. Oh, both all back. the voice cast. Can you do Toy Story without them? No, no. Well, Eddie. didn't they... Did, I mean, did Eddie Murphy stay with... Play Donkey in all the Shrek movies, or did he... Yeah. He did? Okay. Oh, and don't forget I, the I, upcoming Shrek Cinematic Universe... Don't forget that one, David. Shrek, Shrek is love. Shrek is life. That's what they're basing it off of, actually. I heard the whole, the whole series. Wow. Anyway, David, um, no, you're right. What three, is it? It's gonna be three, one, two. I'm the... There we go. One. Is that it? Is that well? What are your What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Maybe we can persuade well, two... you. They're one of our sides. What was okay when when um Woody gets ripped? Yeah, that's two. That's two. That's two. That was a weird scene. The vertical like, when he, parody when he when he was getting like that's what it was. Yeah. When he's all getting like stitched up and stuff. I, oh, that's, that that's one. Still... No, never mind. Yeah, they were talking about when he'd be like goodbye, Woody, and like throws him in the trash can. <laughs> Oh that no, was, not like, that really one. dark. I'm like, dang, Pixar. No, I'm, no, ta- I'm talking like about the, like the expert like comes in and like yeah, does the, the whole. Yeah, expert comes in and like the cleaning and like the super right. close up. That it was just like, isn't that the guy from the chest short? I don't know. I think it is. But like that whole scene for me is just like uncomfortable. Like when he when he cleans his <laughs> eyes with like the little brush, I was like, what? I was like, oh, what are you doing? That's, that's what uncomfortable. Are you? <laughs> It's a it's an uncomfortable scene to me. I don't know. How do you okay. feel about I know. it? I, I, I love I that, like scene. that scene. I love yeah. that scene. I like it a lot. I, I mean, it's a good scene, but I'm just like sitting here like, uh, what? No, like stop! Don't touch Woody! Like, sorry, I'm gonna go three, one, two, just because that's three, two is like the movie, the Pixar movie of parodies. Because then there's the Empire Strikes Back part where they're on the elevator and it's like Buzz, I am your father. No. Oh, and Zerg, Zerg had the yeah, gun, Zerg, right? Yeah. Pop, pop. I have to go I'm just gonna play catch with my dad. <laughs> okay, wait, never mind. I changed my ranking. Three, two, one. I just forget about that scene sometimes. All right, all right. Thank you, thank you. That's, three, that's two, the correct three, two, order. One it is. Three, three, two, two one. one it is, I mean, so. you can't really go wrong with any of them. They're all great. But anyway, three, two, one. Our Toy Story rankings, and then four will hopefully be first. Hopefully, it probably won't be first. No, it'll be. Awful. It'll be the Finding I Dory don't, I don't of think... sequels. <laughs> Sorry. It, it won't be first, but it probably won't be last, I'm guessing. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, are we all going to dish up top dollar to go see the movie when it comes out? Of course. Of course. So no, that's all yeah, that matters. Why wouldn't you? Um, all right. So next, we'll do the bad movie of the week. Oh, my God! I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Carpet day! Uh, this week it is my week. <sighs> Buckle in for this one, you guys. Um, this movie came out last year, I believe. 
Now I'll have to check. I texted Aaron today. It's a movie that is, I mean, it's an awful film. One of the worst films ever made. But this is the thing. It's not like it's, like, incompetent. The writing is extremely incompetent. But, like, the the, the directing and, and the shots or whatever, they're not incompetent. The acting's not even that bad. It's really bad, but it's, like, not that bad, considering the studio that made it. Uh, this movie is Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. <laughs> now, I have seen this movie. <laughs> For whatever reason. I saw I think there, I, there is no reason. I, I saw this as well. I you saw did? this movie as well. You saw yeah. <laughs> I guess I can't even be that shocked. I did, too. He, he, they, they opened up the bigger mall. He's, like, what at a convention that? or whatever. Yeah. When this movie came out, it was at a 1% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> it's boosted its way up to a 5. So good good for good for them. But um it's outstanding it's like outstandingly bad. Like I just it's one of those movies that I, you you watch it and you can't even understand how someone could have made something so utterly horrible with their lives. <laughs> like my who who thought this was a good idea? Who greenlit this? Who saw the script and was like, hey, that's good enough, I guess. Like, I... My friend has this uh, movie poster in his, in his dorm, or in his apartment, actually. The Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Oh, oh he just, no. it, hey, Sorry, I missed that. I missed that one. So, so Paul Blart Mall Cop 2, the, the movie poster, it's hanging in his apartment. <laughs> He lo- Why? It's so bad. His fa- his favorite movie of all time is Paul Blart Mall Cop. I mean, and he can't tell you why. He's like, I don't, I don't know, man. Because like we all give him crap for it, and he's like, Yep. Yeah. He has nothing to say. Okay, question though. Yeah. Okay. Would you Would you rather see Paul Blart Mall Cop two or Here Comes the Boom? Remember, I come seen Here Comes the Boom. Hundred times I've, I've, comes the boom. Really? There's no way I would ever yeah. subject myself to Paul Blart Mall Cop Two ever again, ever again. I thought you were gonna say that or Grown Ups Two, in which I would actually choose Paul Blart Mall Cop Two, because <laughs> Grown Ups Two legitimately might be the worst movie I've ever seen. But... Nah, I, I would take Grown Ups Two. I'd rather take Adam Sandler over. Uh... Because they had that one scene when they're all, I think it's the second one, when they all go, they're all drunk, and the, that's the first one, and then the guy makes out with the broom. Maybe that was the second one. I must have just completely blocked this out of my memory. But there's, like, intentionally not seen either. (laughs) The first one is bad, but it's not like I want to gouge out my eyes bad, like the second (laughs) one. Do you have any boss water? What is boss water? <laughs> but um, there's there's a scene in Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. I'm just going to call it Mall Cop 2 at this point because I'm tired of saying that name. Um, Where they... I don't know if they intentionally try to parody Anchorman 2's big fight scene. You, you know what I'm talking about? Where all the different uh, news networks yeah, come in go. and they... That was, that was a weird scene. Yeah, well, I mean, even that's, well, that's a parody both of, of the first, yeah, first one. So I don't know if they're like trying to parody that, but it's like so poorly done, and with these characters 
who, number one, are racial stereotypes, which is just... <sighs> Happy Madison, man. That, that's like one of the worst production companies, I think, ever. Yeah, no, yeah, the worst one ever. Um, yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, what do they have their name? Pixels? The Ridiculous Six? The new one that's on Netflix? Um, but, I don't know. It's just, there's really nothing redeeming about it, which is the worst part. And then the guy from Always Sunny's in it. The guy who owns the, the apartment that Charlie lives in. Oh, um, foreign, a foreign guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Does don't he know. even show up that much? He was in the the one where they buy a gun, and then he's in a later episode as well. Oh, okay. But I just, I don't know. It, it's really bad. I really don't even suggest anyone watches it. But if you want a, a perfect example of a movie that can be well-made in a way and still can be completely awful in every way, then watch this. I don't know. That's all I have to say about it. It was just or really just sucks. Never watch it because yeah. Why it would sucks. you? Kevin James though. I, I really like King of Queens. I like that show, and it's sad that he's kind of fallen down the Adam Sandler path. <sighs> anyway, that's the end of this segment, I guess. Just Lisa Adam Lisa Adam Sandler has more big movies to his name. I literally can think of three big Kevin James. Paul, Mall Cop 1, Mall Cop 2, and here comes the boom. What else has he been in? Big movies. Is I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, I guess? Yeah. I don't know. But Do the grown-up movies count? Yeah, I guess. Adam Sandler at least has three decent movies to his no. name. No. Happy Gilmore. Oh. Happy Gilmore. Billy Madison. No. Waterboy. And Mr. Deeds. No, I don't like no. Waterboy. I hate Waterboy. You like Waterboy? Yeah, Waterboy's awful. They're all awful. Just Aaron, all accept it. <laughs> this is the thing. I know they're bad, but I saw them at like the right age where they were like funny to me. Except for Happy Gilmore. I'll stand by Happy Gilmore being a funny movie. What about it's... The Longest Yard? Oh, God. No. No. Anyway, talking about Paul Blair and Paul Cock 2 makes me sad inside. So let's move on. To the next topic, the next segment, um, The Fault in Your Stars. Oh, okay. I don't even have time to tell you how wrong you are. Actually, it's going to bug me if I don't. Your music's bad and you should feel bad. David, you have our uh, our review for today. Aaron, are you ready? All right. I Yeah. All right, so this... this... <laughs> okay. This uh, review was given by C. What? Good old Robert. Good old Robert C. That that's the oh. he gave this review. Okay. And, and his profile is a, of a weird dog. Okay. So this <laughs> are this these review. <laughs> okay. What what are the stars? I'm just, I'm, stars? I'm giving you one. There's no stars. Singular. One star. Oh, one star. Okay. One star. So that means that this is a good movie, correct? See, but see, with the bet. See, I'm getting it. All right, ready? <laughs> We're ready. A tedious movie, replete with mumbling and a storyline that seems to be drowning. Avoid if possible. 
Um, oh, okay. I, I have I have an idea. Aaron, what do we think about yes. Mad Max Fury Road? Where do you see that? The mumbling. And I know it's a movie David has seen. <laughs> like... Is there that much mumbling in it? I haven't seen I it for a while. The whole movie is like mumbling. <laughs> Yeah, Mad Max sense, does mumble a lot in that movie. I yeah, do, oh my God. I love the yeah, Furiosa. I love the guitar scene though. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah, when he's just on. The... Yeah, that's another that's story. A great soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, so good. Anyway, what 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 are you thinking, Aaron? Do do you want me to do you want me to read the review again? Yes, please. Sure. A tedious movie, comma, replete with mumbling and a storyline that seems to be drowning. Period. Avoid if possible. Yeah, I don't Period. think it'd be Mad Max then. So it's like a water movie. Something to do with the water. Waterworld. Waterworld. Water yeah. World. <laughs> yeah. Except I, I don't think that would be a one star review then. Waterworld's okay. I hate just, you. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> it's okay. I didn't say it was good or anything. Um, I don't know. Um, let's think. Um, so I'm going to guess when they say that it's a tedious movie, that it's probably a long, long movie. Titanic. How are we feeling about Titanic? Is there mumbling? I don't know, man. The car scene, I don't know. There's probably some mumbling there. Well, I don't know if that counts as mumbling or... (laughs) Um, what are you thinking? Do you have any thoughts at all? <laughs> no. Not any, not any that are better than yours. Um, mumbling, tedious, and drowning. Tedious would account for the longness. Mumbling. There's probably mumbling at some point in the movie. And then drowning. All right, let's go for it. Is the the movie Titanic starring Leo DiCaprio and um, Kate Winslet? Winslet, Thank you. No, that is not the movie. Can we we use a hint and see if we can guess it with a hint? Like, who who is the lead? The lead. The lead actor, uh, yeah. The lead actor. Ellen. Oh. <laughs> is it Finding Nemo? Is it Dory? Is it Finding Dory? <laughs> Indeed, it is Finding Dory. Uh, and I, cho- I chose this review because it said the storyline seems to be drowning. I'm like, they're in the ocean. How are they drowning? So that's purely why I chose this review. <laughs> I don't. And they're fish. I guess I don't see where the mumbling comes in, but okay. I don't. There I are two British characters. Is that what they're referring to? <laughs> Probably. Anyway. I mean, I thought I thought it was the okay review for once, like short and sweet. You know. I think one star is much too low, but even for me, who didn't like it as much as most people did. Anyway, finding Dory. I oh, guess. Finding Dory. See, see, tell me about the mumbling. 
comment. Leave a comment. So, yeah, leave a comment about the mumbling. Did I miss mumbling in this movie? All I could hear were the the mom and the grandma right in front of me who took their child to come see it. And every 10 minutes would say, can you pass the popcorn back over here? And I'm like, oh, (laughs) just shut up. Okay, quick aside before we finish the podcast. Uh, When I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark today, um, there was an old woman who got up in the middle of the movie walked over to the exit door, not the one to the actual theater, but the one to the outside, and opened mm-hmm. it, looked around, confused, because she thought it was the one to the theater, turns around and walks out the other one. I'm like, oh. Don't those uh, normally have alarms? This one didn't, I guess. Oh. It was, but it was, like, really bright, and she just held it open because she was confused as to what was happening. Like, how do you forget where you came from? Like, you came into this theater. Ugh. I think they even mentioned those doors, like, at the beginning, like, five times. Yeah. Like, every... Yeah. Anyway, that has been the podcast for this week. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, yeah, if you liked this soundtrack discussion that we had at the beginning, we'll probably bring it back again, because Aaron is, like, the walking soundtrack listener. I don't know where I was going with that. Encyclopedia? Yeah, soundtrack encyclopedia. There we go. Um... So he has a lot of choices for that. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to check out Aaron, you can check him out at Little Flame Dude on Twitter. Uh, you can also check him out at Re- that's the name of the podcast. You can check him out at this clever blog name is already taken. It's just too long, Aaron. I, I can't remember. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you can check him out there on Tumblr. He writes reviews. Um, what you said you're gonna do? Finding Dory, Aaron. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe sometime. Uh, no, it's I'll fine. get to it. You got to do Swiss Army Man if it comes out. I don't, I don't think it will be around here, but yeah, we'll see. Um, anyway, uh, you can check him out there. You can also check out David, who is making weird faces in our Skype chat right now. Um, you can check him out at dbex15. That's two s's on Twitter. Um, you can also check him out on Great Guys Gaming, which I have a new episode exporting. As we squeak. So that'll be out tomorrow. Also, as we squeak. What episode was that? Episode three. Ah. Yeah. So I took a couple weeks off. (laughs) You know. Um, I was like, when did we record last? Yeah, it's been a while. I've been behind. Um, And if you want to find me on the internet, you can find me at Jacob Scott Music on Twitter. I tweet things. I geek out over going to see Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> um, also, I only, t- oh, wait, I, only tweet, I only tweet Super Hot Fire. Super Hot Fire, yeah. You tweet, it's actually, it's actually only, fire. it's only pictures from that video that I tweet. Okay. In references to my, to my everyday world leap up problems. Um, you can also find me at uh, Jake Lace on Tumblr. I will write a review at some point in my life. And then <laughs> um, also at Jake Lace on, on YouTube. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will see you all again next week with a brand new topic. Maybe some movie news will happen and we'll be able to talk about that again. But until then, guys, thank you for listening. Uh, thanks for all the love you show us on the podcast. Thank you. Oh, also, ah, I can't forget this because I made it like a week ago now. Um, the reboot already underway. Uh, Twitter page. Uh There's links to it on my Twitter, at least, so if you want to find that, uh, you can find that there. 
anyway, guys, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for... I don't know. I'm just talking now, so thanks, guys. And we'll see you all again next week. I don't know, I think we have a case in court, you know? Yeah, probably, maybe. Maybe. We have the new mascot, this ball, that I stole from a girl freshman year. She, like, I took it, I was like, oh yeah, like, I'll give it back. And then at the end of the year, she's like, hey, like, you have my ball, right? That's what I'm talking about. Not just kept it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> which, which girl? Her name was... Megan. Megan. The name no, doesn't no. matter anymore. You have the ball. Yeah, you have yeah, the ball. Yeah. <laughs> you I life is this. worthless when you have the ball. <laughs> <laughs>